Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. I am absolutely delighted to bring you Dr. Dawson Church. This was a huge interview for me to land, but he happens to have the same publicist as Belinda Farrell, who I interviewed in episode 141 on the Hawaiian Art of Healing. That was probably my favorite interview of 2019, truly. So the publicist remembered me and scheduled Dawson for an interview, and I am just so happy. He has such an infectious laugh, and he's so genuine and full of knowledge about the brain and meditation and tapping and how we can heal the brain and help it grow. So heal it from trauma, from TBIs, from strokes, and help it grow and change and move into states of flow and productivity and less reactivity. We talk about all of that in this interview. Dr. Church is an award-winning science writer with three best-selling books to his credit, The Genie in Your Genes, Mind to Matter, and then his latest book, Bliss Brain. He has conducted dozens of clinical trials and founded the National Institute of Integrative Healthcare. He's also the founder of EFT Universe, which is one of the largest alternative medicine sites on the web. So he's big in the alternative healing universe. So I hope this interview helps you or someone you love and that you consider his book and the free meditations that he gives with it a wonderful gift for you to use for your life. Peace. Hi, Dawson. Welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. It is such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It is such an honor to interview you. I was just so, so happy when uh, you said yes to the interview. I know I'm a smaller podcast, but I really appreciate your time. Oh, I love sharing this with podcasts, big and small, audiences big and small. And it's just so powerful to have tapped into all these wonderful methods of being happy and shifting our mood and our emotions and our genes. And I just share them enthusiastically every day. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I have to say that I read about 75 to 100 books a year. I'm a voracious reader. And your book, Bliss Brain, is probably the most impactful book I've read in the last decade, I would say. Well, thank you. You know, I, I really try for my books to be both scientifically correct and also inspiring and filled with stories of people. And if you can get that intersection right, also, Elizabeth, I really agonize over every single page and every single phrase. I, I really <laughs> yeah. want to have that impact. So um, I, I focus on writing beautiful books as well as writing correct books, scientifically accurate books. And then if you can just, if you can just motivate people, I mean, with this Bliss Brain book too, people just don't understand 
how happy you can get. So I was, I was inspired with this one. Absolutely. Well, I will say it was absolutely inspiring as well. I think your inspiration comes through and radiates through the book, actually. And I enjoyed the mix of science and stories. I think both are important. Absolutely. Definitely. So I'm going to jump in with a couple of questions. I loved how you just laid out this meditation method to make it super easy, super fast for people, because I, I think it is one of the big barriers to meditation is people say, oh, I don't have time for that. And I often say, well, just why don't we just start with two minutes, like literally two minutes a day <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> or five minutes. Like, you know, when people were picking up children from school, I would say, you know, you can just, when you're parked in the car line, you can close your eyes and do some breathing and move into this like beautiful meditative state. Anything like that, any, any interruption of your day, standing in line at the grocery store, when you have to wait to have an oil change, when you have an interview that may take um, be, be delayed for a little while, anytime you can, you can just slip into that bliss brain state and just spend, hang out there for a few moments. And even that is powerful at inducing that state Absolutely. in your body. Absolutely. So how did you come up with this sequence? I was really curious about that. Well, you know, when you go to a gelato store, an ice cream store, and there are like 50 flavors. And I was the kid who would think, say, okay, you have to choose. Do you want cookies and cream or Rocky Road or vanilla or Neapolitan? Or I was the kind of kid who would say, I want uh -huh. all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was at a conference in 2007. And there were lots of fabulous people there. Joe Dispenza was there, and Roland McCready from HeartMath was there. There were people from EFT Tapping there. And we were just discussing how all of these methods work, biofeedback, neurofeedback, mindfulness, hypnosis, all of these things we know work. And I had this outrageous thought. I thought, imagine building the biggest, most wonderful ice cream cone by stacking all of those methods on top of each other and doing them all ah. at the same time. And so I developed eco meditation. I, I thought nothing of it. I just did it kind of in, in this lighthearted way. And I asked the conference host if I could do it for the whole conference. And so I was, you know, first of all, I was doing some tapping with them. Then I was doing some diaphragmatic breathing with them. Then I was doing some heart math, heart coherence with them. Then I was doing some mindfulness and neurofeedback. And I was doing all of these things. And I suddenly realized there were about 200 people in the room. They had all gone into heart coherence with each other. The whole group was in heart coherence mm -hmm. together. And they were having these profound experiences. One woman walked up to me afterwards and she said, Dawson, I've tried every meditation method. I've failed at all of them. And I was totally deep in meditation within like three minutes of starting this 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 combination method so i realized that the, even though all of these are effective individually when we combine them all the effect is exponential and people get into super deep states and the beauty of it all is they're all physiologically based not a single one of them requires you to still mm -hmm. your mind or stop thinking or stop monkey mind you can't mm -hmm. do it very easily or believe in a guru or a saint or a tradition or a religion they're just do this with your breath, do this with, with this muscle, do this with your body. And they're all mechanical ways of relaxation. So I did that, that then. And the other big moment came maybe uh, 2017, 
2018. So I stuck it up on the web for free. It's ecomeditation.com, put it up there on the web for free. And then the webmaster came to me in like 2017 and said, Dawson, do you realize we're getting 20,000 visitors a month to this crappy site, one page, looks like a dog's <laughs> breakfast, and, yeah. and, and people just flocking to this thing. We're getting people emailing us and saying, with, with, with these similar stories, I've never been able to meditate. Suddenly I could when I took, did these seven simple combination methods. Does that really inspired me? I then said, well, we have to research this, because I had done close to 100 studies of EFT mm -hmm. at that point, and I, EFT tapping, acupressure tapping. And I said, Let, let's start, start to research this. We did some research and it was just amazing. People got super happy. They got even happier over time when they kept on doing it. We then began to hook them up to EEGs and MRIs. And we were just blown away by the brain changes we saw. So that's kind of the, the state of, of the art right now, where we are. We're doing, we've, we've done enough science. We know the stuff already works. And, um, and, and the cool thing is we're now looking at um, how to accelerate the process. So when you are in that state for a while and you can get there fast in meditation, that's nice. How do you then transfer that to the PTA oh. meeting? How do you transfer <laughs> good, that to being good point. Yeah. Fr frustrated? Yeah, right. And being with your in-laws and, you know, the, uh, something you don't get along with in your, on your team or something like that. So we're already looking now at how to move these states into the crucible. Well, what have you life. found it is helpful for that? Well, there was a 10-year study of high performers, high performance executives done by this uh, company called McKinsey, a big consulting firm. And they found that people in these flow states that meditation induces are actually five times as productive as they are when they aren't in flow. In other words, they're getting done in one day what used mm -hmm. to take them five days. I mean, it, it's producing exponential effects in terms of efficiency. Other studies are looking at, for example, people's ability to solve very complicated problems without any obvious solution. And their ability to do those goes up by over 400%. People's creativity more than doubles. So we're finding that far from being um, a disappearing act where you just disappear into meditation. Now I'm on cloud nine. I'm feeling mm -hmm. so wonderful. I'm dis disconnected with the rest of the world. I am highly connected with the rest of the world. I'm coming back into my body. I'm I'm going to work, and suddenly I'm five times as productive. So it's it's making people. It's revolutionizing people's work lives as well as their private lives, meditation okay. lives. Okay, so it's this. The system, you know, you do these steps. It's actually a very quick meditation, the ones that come with the book, or to do it on your own even. I'm, I'm finding I'm waking up in the middle of the night sometimes. You know, I do that or I wake up early. And um, I'll go right into these steps because I took notes. I wrote them down. I'm like, I am learning these. I'm already starting to use them in my practice with people to help them enter a hypnotic state, a meditative state very quickly. So you're saying, all right, practice these steps. And then that's that's going to translate into work, whatever kind of work you do, whether it's artistic, whether it's a CEO, whether it's an athletic, it's going to immediately, well, let's say immediately, but automatically transfer. Is that what you're saying? It is. It'll transfer to other parts of your life. So you're, you're emotionally, more emotionally intelligent. You know, for me, I've, I've been married for many, many years, and I find that um, I wasn't I'm a, I wasn't a terrible husband to begin uh -huh. with, but, but, uh, but you know, there are times when I get impatient with my wife or our, our 
our pace didn't match. And I found that I'm just really nicer to everyone around me now. I'm, I'm, I'm less triggered than I was before. And that's the effect of meditation in your regular life. So you find it starts mm -hmm. to affect your, I've invested in, in the stock market for many, many, many years. I'm just making wiser choices and, and I'm, not, I'm not upset. Like a stock will go up, stock will go down. I just am I'm totally emotionally neutral. There's no emotional trigger around money or around a setback that happens in career. You're just basically living your life in this very emotionally neutral space. And it's wonderful to not be reactive. And of course, this year we've had the pandemic and we've yes. had the election and we've had the financial crash. We've had uh, wars in different parts of the mm -hmm. world. We've had a lot of stressors that have been really, if you want to get upset about something, this has been an unusually good year available opportunities. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you got plenty of opportunity this year. <laughs> opportunities to practice. Yes. And it's, it's just, you know, it's remarkable. When I talk to meditators, like some of my, my friends who are deep mm -hmm. meditators, and they're living through this whole time, and they're completely, they aren't even 1% stressed. They're just they're sitting there with complete equanimity. And so when there are all these triggers, how do you deal with life? And if you if you have the ability to remain emotionally neutral, then you don't get all drawn into the drama. Yes. I, I often think that's a choice too. I'm, I'm a longtime meditator, like 20, 25 years or so. And um, I love this method, by the way. I would say, you know, a lot of those years are off and on, right? Or like, okay, I got to do it today. But I have found that for me, it's often a choice. Like, okay, I'm, I'm not interested in getting involved in the dramatic feelings that go along with, you know, this choice or that choice. It's like, I'd rather make the choice to stay more centered, more peaceful. You know, I'm going to tell you a story, a very personal story and a very, I got to tell you, I'm getting emotional as I'm thinking about this. I've never told anyone this before. Um, but, and it's just something I've just been doing in the last week. And this is a pretty edgy story. So, it, it, I'm, I, this isn't a kind of polished okay. story I'm sharing with you. It's just something that's really fresh for me now. So I read something uh, a week and a half ago that just, I'm getting a little bit teary now thinking about it because uh, this is this is just something hard for me to wrap my mind around Elizabeth. But th there's, there's a congressman in Louisiana who um, was in the news about a week and a half ago. And um, he had said that he was, I, I'm going to think about his exact words. He is a far-right conspiracy guy. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about shooting Black Lives Matter protesters. Mm -hmm. And um, that concept that a congressman, member of the U.S. Congress, um, is actually talking about shooting Black Lives Matter protesters. It's just, it wraps up for me and encapsulates so much for me for me of what fear and ignorance um can can mm -hmm. do to warp people's perceptions so i decided that this man is my new spiritual teacher mm. i have to think of him every morning and so i do in meditation i'm sitting there and i'm thinking of him and i'm just i want to meditate until i have nothing except love and compassion unconditionally for this man he may change he may never change he may get worse i don't know mm -hmm. he, may, he may he may he talked about shooting 10 10 people um 
but he may talk, talk, talk about shooting 20 people next week. I don't know. This isn't for him. It's for me. So we, we have to find our, our compassion. I'm actually thinking now of putting this online <laughs> and asking other people to pick somebody who has political views or religious views. I'm saying, for example, you're pro-life. Pick a, a pro-choice person and send them love every day. If you're pro-choice, pick a pro-life person. If you're, if you're a Republican, pick a de Democrat mm -hmm. or vice versa. Uh, and let's just pick one person who really triggers us and then just sit there and hold them in compassion. So that's one thing I, I'm, I'm toying with, with actually assigning people, people I know, people I hear about, people I'm in touch with, to members of the US Congress saying, go pick someone of the opposite political party, opposite beliefs of yours, and make them your object of compassion sit there and wish for their highest good every single day so that, that's like my yeah well i sort oh, of got chills yeah. when you're talking about that because <laughs> there during my meditations in the past couple of months a particular political figure who i do not um particularly agree with or like kept popping in and i was like oh you know but i would i would surround him with compassion i was like all right he needs compassion too you know and, and it really is when you're saying it it's for me right we get to make the choice so what you're saying to like all right to move into a compassionate state ourselves to move into that instead of moving into hate or fear or frustration even or uh you know i can't stand this person right instead shifting that in ourselves to oh okay this is what the compassion feels like and this is what it feels like to surround this person with love it feels a lot better even though it, 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 for myself personally it's difficult at first when that image is coming up that you're saying that yes. that image is a is a teacher for us just like this yes. congressman that you are speaking of Yep. Yeah. yeah, it is. So I had a question for you about, um, I, first of all, I loved all the, the brain science in the book. I think that's my like psychology background and <laughs> loving the brain. I had a question though about brain waves because it really shifted how I think about brain waves. And so I was like, oh, Dawson's the perfect person to ask this. In the past, I've really thought about brain waves as like coming and going. Hey, like, you know, we move through beta and then we move into alpha and then from alpha, it's the gate into theta, you know, the even more yes. relaxed state. Mm -hmm. But in your book, it was presented almost like, okay, you can, they're sort of layered and stacked on each other. Are they there all the time? Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, they're all there all the time, and then they predominate at different times. So when you're asleep, you're entirely in theta and delta. There's virtually no activity in alpha, beta, or gamma, okay. the higher brain waves. You're in the lower brain waves when you're asleep. Mm -hmm. The brain's always using about the same 20% of your energy day in, day out. It's just that where it's focused changes. And so in sleep, you have a big increase in amplitude in theta and delta, and then the other waves get very quiet because now you're you're only in those those two slow ways of restorative sleep mm -hmm. and so when you wake up then of course you then move into alpha you become a little bit awake you're in that in that alpha cusp between full waking consciousness and, and beta and then you wake up and then you are uh, you'll see a big flare of beta. But if you look at people, for example, who are long-term meditators, they don't lose all their alpha. I have some, I, I have a huge number of, of um, 
images of people in various states. And one lady having a panic attack had massive beta, signature wave of panic and anxiety mm -hmm. and stress, uh, almost no alpha, and just like teeny amounts of theta and delta. And so she looks like this um, telephone pole with this massive horizontal line of beta and then this, these, these very skinny amounts of all the slower waves. Ah. And that's what a panic attack with stress looks like. And then when she calms down, when she did calm down after treatment, she, we, we were working with her on stage at a big conference. All that high beta went away. She made lots of alpha, lots of theta, lots of delta. So um, they're all there, they're all there at the all the time, but the ratios differ and uh, which one predominates differs. And what you really want to do is have a, a balance of all of them. Even in meditation, meditation is supposed to be stilling your mind. And if we find people doing eco-meditation, still have quite a lot of beta. Mm -hmm. Like these Tibetan monks who get into deep meditation, they have almost no beta. But us Westerners, we need a little bit of information for our minds to chew on. Mm -hmm. So eco-meditation includes a little bit of stuff for the the prefrontal cortex, the beta part of our brain, to do. You have to breathe a certain rhythm. You have to relax certain muscles. And I keep saying it over and over and over again during the guided meditations because I want to give that brain that's active, the it's called the task positive network. Mm -hmm. I want to give that part of the brain something to do. And so you, you have a little bit of beta in, uh, in eco-meditation rather than no beta, which would make it very, very hard to not think and not have a wandering mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's more a process of like, let's focus beta a little bit. Let's give it a little bit of stuff so that then we can access the other brain waves. Yeah, and so um, meditation schools for centuries have tried to find some way of dealing with monkey mind, which of course takes us out of meditation. Mm -hmm. And some of them have you follow the breath, that's effective. Some have you count, count mm -hmm. breaths, uh, alternate nostril, uh, nostril breathing. These are all hacks to help <laughs> right. people yeah. not have their mind blow up with worry about the future and regret about the past and all the stuff that the, the mind does left to its own devices. Okay, but even in an awaking state, you can still access the theta and the delta. You can. And so, for example, when we hook up intuitives, they have a lot of delta, fair amount of theta. When we hook up in, in healers, mm -hmm. they have massive amounts of, of theta, especially when they're healing. So at rest, they have some theta. But when they enter that trance-like healing space and they're doing laying out of hands or they're doing Reiki or healing touch or mm -hmm. whatever they're doing, they have lots and lots and lots of theta. That then entrains theta in their clients. And so you'll see the client's theta start to ah. uh, really break out as well. So is that partly the process of like mirror neurons? Like they start to mirror your neurons? They start to mirror your neurons. And I'd love to see if this works over Zoom. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> not, not, no research there yet but does it work remotely i don't know right well it's interesting because often i'll do a, a deeper healing type of hypnosis session afterwards i feel really good and after i read some of your studies in the book i thought that's why like it puts me into theta i'm into a very relaxed state when i'm doing that 
Beta obviously is still working because you're doing all kinds of cognitive stuff too and healing and that type of thing. But I thought that's, um, that's probably why my hypnotherapist friends are all really happy too, right? Like, like yes. it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, and in fact, we, we have a term for it and it's called borrowing benefits. I've done several studies of this with EFT mm. and literally as the client gets happier and sheds their stress, so does the healer as well. So they, they borrow benefits from each other. In the largest groups we've done, we've done over 200 people, and they're all improving simultaneously, either with meditation or with EFT tapping, um, as they borrow benefits from each other. Okay, interesting. That's really interesting. So I had another question about the brainwave states and, and how they operate, because often people will ask me, if the hypnosis is still effective, if you fall asleep. I don't know. Is it? I don't know. I thought like maybe Dawson will know. I really don't know. But I, I'm thinking like, all right, if, if you still have some, some like alpha beta going on, right? In that very like, let's say early sleep and you're going into a relaxed state, you're still listening. Um, and we're really our goal is to change those brain waves and rewire those pathways. Then I would say yes, but I really wanted to ask your opinion on it. And of course, in meditative states, people often do fall asleep, and um, then in eco meditation they don't. And I talk about the seven neurochemicals of ecstasy, and two of those are attention-producing neurotransmitters, and that is norepinephrine and nitric oxide. And so research shows that in the brains of meditators, they have surges of these two neurochemicals, and what they do is they make the arteries in the brain's prefrontal cortex bigger. In other words, there's more blood flow and you become more alert. And so these meditation masters, their goal is to be really relaxed mm -hmm. and yet have super alert, focused mental attention. And that's really the ideal state for meditation. So um, if you're doing meditation effectively, you usually don't fall asleep. There's enough norepinephrine there. Mm -hmm. And norepinephrine is it's adrenaline. So it's your, you know, it's your stress hormone. And in little amounts, it keeps you just keeps you awake. Yeah. In big amounts, it's it's a stressor. So you want to have enough of that going on there. So I think the ideal state is that between wakefulness and, and sleep state. If you fall totally asleep and have no beta and very little alpha, um, yes. cognition is, is not going to be very, uh, very, very great there. Although there are also these super learning states where people are in, in have a huge amount of delta and theta, very little beta and alpha, and then they're able to like learn languages and stuff like that. Like the Navy SEALs are now using super learning techniques to help them learn new languages. And they say in super learning states, you can learn a new language like in one tenth of the time it normally takes. Wow. I haven't played with that myself, uh -huh. but uh, after slogging through French <laughs> uh, classes, it certainly sounds attractive. Right, right. It does. Um, I know you've worked a lot with trauma and um you're talking about the navy seal sort of tip this off in me because i did have a question about um, traumatic brain injuries and tbis and whether meditative states that's the ego meditation can really help the brain recover from those it's been remarkable in the last 25 years to see the research showing that stroke patients for example who have damaged areas of their brain their brains 
brains literally rewire themselves around the damaged areas. And so uh, the brain is far more capable of regeneration than we used to think. Certain areas of the brain can regenerate. Um, so in one EFT study I did, we did measure TBI, and we found that that symptoms improved by 41% after six EFT sessions. So certainly wow. EFT can improve TBI symptoms. It's not not very much time either. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there are other studies showing that um, in epileptics, for example, it can help. So it does seem to have an effect. And whether it's stimulating neurogenesis, new neural growth, or whether it's um, making um, other brain regions that are damaged more capable. We don't know how it's working. We know the symptoms drop dramatically after treatment. Oh, that that is fantastic. Right? I think that's just so hopeful for people too. Um, I actually get quite a number of calls for people with TBI and some anger problems, and they often don't know that their brain can heal, that it really can change. People don't know how much their brain can change and heal. And one of the missions I have with Whisbrain is to make that evidence so clear, so compelling, that people realize that uh, all the stories they've heard about, oh, I, you know, I'm a congenital blah, 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 I, this runs with my family, um, I can't do this kind of thing. All this, we have so many stories, Elizabeth. And in my live workshops, people say, well, this is, you know, I, 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 this is why I can't do that. And this is why I can't have good relationships or make money or live where I want to live or fulfill my potential or do, do my art. Or that people have these stories. And I hear these stories. I, I want to just shake them and say, that's not true. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, that is a myth that some teacher in second grade, some bully, some older brother, a parent said to you, it's just not true. And people then live with these caps on their potential their whole lives mm -hmm. long. And they're just fiction. I mean, we can do so much more with our brains, with our minds, with our bodies than we, we believe. Oh, I watch people living lives, you know, 70 years, 90 years in just a little tiny basement of their whole mansion of mm -hmm. what they could do. Mm -hmm. And so when you start to tap, when you start to meditate, when you start to do all of these other techniques that are in my books, you start to realize, whoa, all those things I thought I couldn't do, I can do them. I can be that person. I can grow in that way. I can have that part of my life that I thought I, I couldn't have. So yeah, uh, we're, you know, I, I, I really believe, and I'm working on a new book, which will be published in three or four years. But um, at the end of this brain, I talk about how human flourishing is increasing, but human potential is going to radically change the world in the next 50 or 100 years, because we are, more and more people are discovering their potential and what they truly can do with their lives. Yes, yes. I think that was a really hopeful part of the book for me as well, is you state it pretty clearly, like this is changing the planet. It really is yes. these, this evolution into a happier, more peaceful place. Yes, dramatically. And I end the book that way. That last chapter of this brain is this is going to be the first chapter where I start uh, the next book, which is a big global look mm -hmm. at where people becoming more compassionate is taking society. Fantastic. Well, I think that's a good place to end our interview as well. I really appreciate your time. I want to stay on track here. Can you please tell people how to find you? 
Well, the best place to go is blissbrain.com, name of the book, blissbrain.com. And the publisher has really been very generous and given us a big batch of books at cost. So we're actually giving the book away free. You are? On, oh, I paid yep. for it. But believe me, it's worth every <laughs> single penny. I'd pay like five <laughs> times for it. <laughs> worth every bit of $26.99. But it's free at blissbrain.com. And uh, you just make shipping and handling. And the other thing about blissbrain.com is that you also get access to um, meditation tracks. And then in the book, there are what are called extended play resources at the end of each chapter. So there's a free meditation. And those eco-meditations are doing things like introducing you to the whole bliss brain state, uh, bringing you into the space where you can feel those neurotransmitters kicking in. So those there are eight of those free meditations. And they, again, are already we have a, a study not published yet it's been done by a team of neuroscientists people using those meditations there were like 24 people in the study and they had an mri before mri after after using those for a month and the researchers when they saw the changes in the brains of those people they were stunned they said if these were tibetan monks with 10,000 hours of meditation practice this would be impressive but the fact that these are people off the street, non-meditators, doing it for a month, and, and they're having these radical changes. Literally, the anatomy of their brains is changing mm -hmm. in a month doing those meditations. So that's, that's the real, the, the book will inspire you, then just do the meditations and, and you'll feel the difference. Absolutely. I love them. I, I do one, one a day because I am committed to putting my brain into a bliss, a bliss brain state every day, like you say, in the meditation. So I highly recommend them. And thank you. I'll, that will also be in the show notes for people to find the book and the meditations. Oh, I have one final question. You know, you talk a lot about the Muse headband. And there's also the heart math, which is a a device you can order and it has a little earlobe clip. I actually ordered one recently yes. for my 14-year-old. Is there one you recommend though over the other? Are you a big fan of the Muse headband? Well, uh, the Muse is good for measuring the brain's prefrontal cortex. And then you can um, also buy add-on apps for the Muse uh, hardware. Mm -hmm. And I uh, have some of those in the book that I, I, I recommend people play around with. Uh, so I, I, I like the Muse. It shows you when your brain quietens down. Mm -hmm. The um, the heart coherence tr trainer from HeartMath is also great. I used that myself for for a few years and, and learned how to get into heart coherence quickly. I think that's that's more portable, um, True. more yeah. easy to use on the spot. Whereas the Muse you want to do when you're meditating and, and you've settled yourself down. So yeah. the Muse is kind of an int introduction to meditation. The uh, the HeartMath M Wave you can just use anywhere you're 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 going to. And it'll help you, help train you in heart coherence. Okay, that's a very good distinction. Thank you. Yeah, I, I discovered my 14-year-old is very calm and can go into heart wave like pretty much immediately. I was like, that's wonderful, Eva. <laughs> so That's good to know. It is. Yeah, yeah. I, I hooked up my, my kids, my oldest son when he was 14, and he could just go into heart coherence like, you could ace it in, in a few seconds. Yeah, so, right. She was yeah. in it in a few seconds. I was like, that's amazing. Let's practice every day. <laughs> if, if, if we can get as good as our kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. So again, thank you so much for being here. It's been a real pleasure. And again, just everyone listening, go out, use the meditations, do them every day, and just feel the impact they have in your body and in your life.
I hope you truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.